When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. When your mother sends back all your invitations and your father to your sister, he explains that you're tired of yourself and all of your creations. Won't you come see me, Queen Jane? Won't you come see me, Queen Jane? Now when all the flower ladies want back what they have lent you and the smell of their roses does not remain and all of your children start to resent you, won't you come see me, Queen Jane? Won't you Come see me, Queen Jane. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week, all the way from Argentina, is my friend Tom Molina. Hi, Tom. Hi, Rob. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be talking with you about this song and about Bob in general. Thank you for coming on, man. This is so exciting. Uh, I mean, uh, Bob Dylan is a world figure, as we know. He's yes. been playing concerts all over. The, he's, he's seen every corner of this globe. But uh, I'm mm-hmm. always excited to hear from somebody who kind of isn't from my neck of the woods. So before we get to the, the song, of course, I have to ask you, like, since this is your first appearance, like, what's your history with, with Bob Dylan's music? Well, I, I, when I was around 12... 13, I started playing guitar, you know, so um, I, I had a lot of friends that were really into American and British music uh, because, you know, I used to go to this bilingual school. So, you know, it was sort of in, in, in you know, in my upbringing, because, as you know, well, in Argentina, we talk Spanish. And so Spanish music is quite big here, but it's a uh, but it's also quite a big rock and roll nation. We usually have uh, rock shows here from different uh, bands and you know this year I think uh, Roger Waters coming soon Morrissey so yeah so you know American music British music so a lot of you know it's very important here and well how I got to Dylan basically was through actually um, when I started playing guitar I really enjoyed some of these big you know 80s bands and and that's how I got to Guns N' Roses and through knocking on heaven's door, the ah. version I started, you know, <laughs> going through YouTube videos and things like that. You know, I was really young at that time, but sort of I, you know, got this. The first time I saw Bob, I remember was when, you know, there was this, this video on YouTube of him playing Mr. Tambourine Man on the Newport Fork Festival. And, you know, I, it really caught me because I, I really didn't quite understand what I was, you know, listening and looking at because it was, you know, the, even though I've been speaking English since I was, you know, uh, you know, since preschool, it, you know, the, the poetics of it, it was sort of it went over my head. I was 13. But, you know, I was quite like intrigued from the first start. So, yeah, that's how I started with Bob. And then, you know, that kept on going, kept on going, and about in two, and then in 2008, I saw Bob the first time. He came here to Argentina, played a couple of shows in a in a football stadium here, and yeah, and, and that's that. From that moment on, it just went on and on, you know. 
I always wonder what it's like for for people who don't speak English as their first language to listen to Bob Dylan, especially in concert, because to me, it's it's hard enough to understand him if you are a native English speaker. (laughs) Sometimes. Definitely. Well, I guess, you know, there's a there's actually like a quote from, you know, there's they did an interview to a very famous musician, rock and roll musician from Argentina called Andres Calamaro. And he's actually like he looks quite similar to Bob and he's like a huge Dylan fan and he always talks about him. And I think that in that 2008 show, he actually was the you know, the he played before Bob. So he was invited there. Yeah. And he always said like for him, uh, you know, Dylan, um, his voice sort of like with every artist, you know, but his voice is an instrument. And even if you don't get the poetry at first of the lyrics, um, the, 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 the musicality he conveys with his voice, it's special and so different to other musicians that it's, you know, it's, it's something that is quite hard to explain, but you can sort of, uh, treasure it, you know, like something special because it's, 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 you know, we always talk about, you know, how maybe the singing is not the fundamental part of how Bob expresses his art. But I think that uh, it sort of conveys a scene and and it sort of puts you into the music he plays. So, yeah. So basically, of course, knowing what you're listening to and understanding it adds a lot to it. And Dylan is not dealing without the lyrics, but but you can sort of um, get the, the, the idea of what he's trying to say through through the way he sings. Absolutely. Absolutely true. Now, as you were kind of getting into them, do you have a particular favorite couple of albums or favorite era of Bob that you mm-hmm. like more than any others? Well, uh, I remember that I first started with the, with the, with the folk, you know, first folk albums, uh, because as I told you, like the one, the first thing I heard was Mr. Tambourine Man. So I immediately went into, you know, all, all the classics from that era, Blowing in the Wind, Times Are Changing. Uh, but I, yes, from the beginning, I remember I started through the, through the 60s. Uh, but when I saw Bob live, I remember, I vividly remember, like, being really struck by by some of the songs that were part of modern times. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that tour, he was still playing them. I remember the probably the song that I remember the most when I heard him in 2008 was Working Man's Blues. So I sort of jumped from the 60s uh, albums into, like, 2000s, and wow. then, well, I started filling up everything in the middle. But it was sort of, like, from the from that time to, to, to modern times and then, then forwards. And then, well, I started going back and on, go back and forth, you know? <laughs> I've only got 40 years' worth of records to fill in between <laughs> those two spaces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're, they're like, uh, it's, it's, it's like a never-ending discovery of things. And a couple of days ago with the new, new things from Blood on the Trucks yep. coming out, you know, it's like it never ends. Yep, it right, seems right, like yeah. it never ends. <laughs> it does feel that way, which is that's <laughs> one, of the, one of the great things about being a, a, a fan of Bob is that it, it really, it, there's exactly. always more to find. So, well, that's fantastic. Uh, that, that's just great. I love, I, you know, I've read a bunch of books where they've followed Dylan's tour. And, you know, he's said he's been all over the world. So I was going to ask you if you had yeah. seen him live. So that's, that's, really, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I saw him. I saw him twice. Then the second time I saw him in 2000, it was 11. That was the last time he came to Argentina. 
Sadly, I couldn't. I, I, you know, I, I had the luck to sort of spend time in my summers when I was a teen on the U.S., but I couldn't sort of get hold of him touring during that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully, I can. But I, I would really love to see him one more time. It seems we have to wait here in Argentina because even though rock music is quite big here, um, it doesn't seem to. It's more like British rock. So Bob, he, he he comes here, but not as often as I would like him to. All right. Well, we'll get on Twitter and get to the Bob Dylan account. Tell him to come back to Argentina as soon as possible. Exactly. Exactly. That, that would be good. All right. Very cool. Well, he said the, the song, of course, that we're here to talk about is Queen Jane Approximately, which is the first song on side two, back when they had those things, of uh, yeah. Highway 61 Revisited. Well, it's certainly one of the classic albums in the Dylan canon um after the first couple of verses that i i recited the song continues now when all the clowns that you have commissioned have died in battle or in vain and you're sick of all this repetition won't you see me queen jane when all of your advisors heave their plastic at your feet to convince you of your pain trying to prove that your conclusions should be more drastic won't you come see me queen jane and then it ends with now, when all the bandits that you turn your other cheek to all lay down their bandanas and complain, and you want somebody you don't have to speak to, won't you come see me, Queen Jane? So, uh, Tom, like, why did you want to talk about this song in particular? I think that it's sort of like the um, main reason, I guess, it's because it's it, it sort of conveys a, a different kind of setting for me with regards to the rest of the album. Mostly because I think it's quite a, like a minimalist lyric in terms that it's quite simple yet um, powerful in many senses. And, and sort of it has this sort of duality, which is that I, I guess that it's quite poetic yet um yet when you really see through it is it seems that it's quite straightforward and simple so i guess like the words and the the ring they have to them the way they just sort of roll through the tongue the way bob sings it it's like it adds a lot to to the song that probably uh, it's quite different from the rest when you compare it with desolation row like rolling stone it's sort of like something that like a, a you see like a a shift changing through the through the album on that song. So that's basically why I wanted to talk about it. Um, but yeah, it was so, so always has been one of my favorite songs from that album. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the word I think of the most when I when I listen to the song is lovely. I think it's a yeah. lovely song. I mean, and and we've talked about on previous episodes uh, where we've covered songs from this album. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that this song, this album, you know, has its two sides and the two sides reflect one another in terms of the songs. I mean, you've got Like a Rolling Stone and Queen Jane mm-hmm. approximately kind of are, are similar. And then you've got Tombstone yeah. Blues and Highway 61. They're similar. It takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry, just like Tom Thumbs Blues um, from Buick Six is the one song that that, that sticks out. Doesn't have a, 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 a doppelganger yeah, like on side yeah. two. But then, of course, you've got Ballad of a Thin Man and Desolation Row. But this is kind of the the sort of nice version of Like a Rolling Stone. I mean, in Like a Rolling Stone, our singer is really in the face of this Miss Lonely, and he's sort of spitting his accusations at, presumably her, maybe a him. But Queen Jane, it's much more gentle. It's much more like the way it ends with every verse is, won't you come see me, Queen Jane? It's sort of saying, hey, look, you're in a bad place right now, whatever this bad place is, but I... and you're going to eventually find that you don't like where you are and the people around you are 
are, are kind of bad people or at the very least not good for you. And when you're done with that, come see me. I'll be, I'll be there. For, I'll be ready when you're ready. And there's, there's something very pretty about that. And I, again, the music too, the way the, the, the tune, the way it plays it when the organ comes in is almost mm-hmm. kind of like a, um, like a holiday in band, you know, it was like a very, very pop kind of sound, which is very, again, very different from the, the uh, machine gun snare drum of like a Rolling mm-hmm. Stone. This is just very pretty. And I, Dylan, of course, is singing, you know, he has that very again, yeah. in your face song style, singing style, but I guess the way he ends every verse with that kind of just refrain it's it's just very sweet like he has this person's best interest at heart of ultimately yeah it's it's like a gentler advice you know you know it's somebody gently advising someone rather than like a rolling stone which is sort of like a like you know you you sort of get a sense at the end that he's trying to sort of destroy this person (laughs) that he's talking about in the way he 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 sort of talks about it because yeah, in this sort of in this song, the it's it's more like a like a, you know she he is calling someone he or she as as you said, it's sort of like calling it her back to him in a way, but in a, in not in a possessive way, but rather in a in a sort of calling back to something more simple and that sort of protective. It's it's very like it's weird to see like. It's sort of the music, also the, the way the music is portrayed in this song, it's sort of like a, it has like this sweetness to it that you maybe if you sort of take out the music from it, you wouldn't get it from the lyrics only mm-hmm. except from the, the ends of, you know, won't you come see me? But 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 yeah, it's 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 again, it's it's um, it's quite interesting to see maybe like the, the flip side of like a Rolling Stone in, on this song. And also, like the mystery of who that person is adds adds a lot to it. I, I think, it's especially well, we always know how cryptic Dylan is when he when we on his songs about trying to define who he's singing about or who is he singing to. But what, when I when you read the lyrics, it seems like that it doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. just the way it is told. Um, I think that is more important than the person in itself. Yes. And 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 yeah. So so. It's sort of to to put that to a point. It's like um, I guess the, the 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 great thing about the song is that it, it sort of all meshes up into one uh, very you know um, sort of uplifting message that you won't you wouldn't see coming from how the song starts and how the song develops. But uh, you know it, it closes up in a way that um, it sort of shows that he's really caring about something or someone in the in this sort of sense. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about how the lyrics and the music. I mean, if you if you just read the lyrics as I like I have here up on bobdon.com, yeah. without the music, it, they do sound more accusatory. Yeah, and, and, and depending on how he sings it, it could even be almost kind of sneering. You know, won't yeah. you come see me, Queen Jane? If you wanted to sing it like that, you could. But the way that mm-hmm. the, the music presents it, it just it just doesn't have that that feel. And obviously, you mentioned about who people thought this was about at the time. Everybody mm-hmm. was so sure that it was about Joan Baez because yeah. she was called literally called the queen of, of folk music. And of course, Jane and Joan, you know, there's a similarity there. And and certainly mm-hmm. presents the lyrics certainly present um, 
the the image of someone of an exalted nature. Uh, he mm-hmm. talks about you know uh, your mother sending back all your invitations, which kind of sounds like a coming out party, or at the very least yeah. some sort of high tone thing. Flower ladies went back what they uh, went. The smell of their roses does not remain. The clowns that you have commissioned, which sounds like royalty, you know that's what a, a king or a queen would do is is hire uh, advisors heaving their plastic. Uh, which is yeah. I would present as sort of somebody giving you something fake or not, you know, not real, mm-hmm. and at your feet to convince you of your pain. Which is you have people around you who are uh, there to reinforce your own ideas. You know, they have you're, you're surrounded by yes men. From what you're, you're you're getting with the lyrics, I think is that it's it's like a word surrounded with you know superficiality and rights that don't really add to her life, but it's sort of like uh, create like a. Like a wall of glass around that person, mm-hmm. it seems, you know, where only people who sort of try to convey a different reality from what, you know, it's outside that circle. And it, and it seems that all this uh, sort of descriptions that he adds to them that sort of invoke, a, you know, a, a very different time, sort of like in a medieval way, mm-hmm. um, just put this idea that... Um, you know, there's not there's no truth around her. It's just you know, again, rights and per- perceptions of what it's happening around that person. Right. I mean, like a lot of Dylan songs, they, it seems to take place in a indeterminate time frame. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of his songs seem to take place in kind of the old west, but this one is yeah. yeah you're like, well, it does. Say, I mean, the way he's literally talking about this person, like they are yeah. a, a princess living up in a tower somewhere, uh, and of course, and you know, I mean, that's how he's perceiving whoever this person is now. Of course. Uh, during contemporary interviews, in fact, the famous one he did with, I believe, Nora Ephron, uh, he yeah, said yeah. Queen Jane is a man, which I, A, could be true, and B, it might have just been that to throw people off the scent. If, if everybody is accusing you of saying, oh, this is about Joan Baez, right? What's the number mm-hmm. one way you can get them off the trail? Say, oh, uh, Queen Jane's De- a man. Deflect. Oh, all right, fine, 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 fine. But like you said, it doesn't really matter either way. It, it might even... For Bob, it might be about a specific person, but of course, we don't know who that person is, and it doesn't matter. It's more about what the person you might have in your life. And the the line, my favorite line in the song, is the very last one where he says, mm-hmm. "And you want somebody you don't have to speak to." I love that because there are you have a very special relationship with someone if you can be with someone, yeah. but not be talking. You can just enjoy yeah. each other's being in each other's orbit without having to necessarily converse. And, of course, we all have people in our lives that you can't have that with. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people where if you have to keep talking because it's, it just becomes awkward to have silence. But there's you find, you know, it's kind of like that line from Pulp Fiction where it's like you can just really, you know you have something special when it's someone you can just uh, be quiet with. And I love that line. Yeah. And, and it's like, here's, and especially think about how many people are probably trying to talk to Bob Dylan in 1965 all the time and share their ideas and like trying to prove they're as smart as he is. He might want somebody you don't have to speak to. And it's just, again, it's a very lovely way to end the song. And it's such a nice note on an album that's generally, you know, pretty harsh. Yeah, exactly. I, that, that too is also my fight, my favorite line. I, you know, it's sort of um, it talks about some it, it, it sort of reflects closeness. I think that's um, it's sort of and in, in a way it stands really out from it stands out from the whole song, I guess, because, um, 
you know, that line is the, you, it, it's sort of like a, a story in itself, in a way, I, I think. Um, it, it sort of brings me back to when Dylan was talking about when he was making Blood on the Tracks about the idea of having each line as a sort of like an individual statement, like you could start a song and end the song through mm-hmm. that line. And and I and I think that particular line it sort of, it reflects that, and 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 that's the line that really puts the song into a different tone from like a Rolling Stone from what I, from what I I think, it reflects care it reflects warmth and and in contrast with maybe other lines from from the same song it sort of you know takes you back to the place where I think Dylan wanted to take us to, which is like there's caring. And there's uh, yeah, and there's a way out, and and that silence is the silence maybe of you know of of hearing, hearing truth, hearing other, hearing yourself in a way too, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's terrific. He said it's 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 a beautiful way to open uh, the side two. It's sort of funny if you listen to it, of course, on CD or or whatever. Mm-hmm. It comes right after "Ballad of a Thin Man," which yeah. is which is a, certainly the nastiest song on the album. So it's almost good. He's yeah, like, okay, definitely. we're gonna we're gonna turn this ship the other way now. Uh, after the the plumbing the depths of sort of nastiness with Thin Man, we're gonna we're gonna mm-hmm. do something a little light here, and we're gonna we're gonna be nice to this person that I'm trying to help out of a bad situation. It took apparently seven takes uh, to get seven. this right, which is uh, seemingly a lot. There's, there is an alternate version available on the. Um, Bob Dylan, 1965 to 1966, the Cutting Edge uh, bootleg series, which uh, I, I have that version, and I like it just fine, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely not as – it's more ramshackle uh, than the finished one. So I think – I haven't heard the other, uh, the other like, five takes, but the it, I'm betting it seems like the one that's on the record is the one that was – you know, really the best one to go for, go with. Yeah, yeah. With regards with the with the music, and uh, you know, there's I'm not I'm I don't have a very great ear to listen to different very precise things for with regards to how the song was produced and things like that. But I I, I read a lot about how the um, when on the sessions they had problems with the tuning right. of the guitars and things, and they talk a lot about how uh, if you really listen to the song, you will you will hear how you know different instruments are out of tune and out of time which personally i would say that doesn't it doesn't really affect me but regarding to what you said about that they took seven takes to to record this song it's really it's some sort of like something that i didn't know so it's kind of a strange to hear that they couldn't fix that thing out you know it <laughs> yeah. seems that there's no perfect album at, at least um but yeah but 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 if you know talking in a, in a more general sense um despite the fact that maybe some things are out of tune it seems like the the way the music is structured it, it sort of um it it gets to the point and it, and and I always felt that the song had like a, this sort of like ups and downs in a way because that go also with the with the lyrics with regards to how some things are more mellow, like the line that we talked about about um, you know about silence and about not having to speak to someone. And but then you have lines and whole passages that are quite more with a bite, you know, kind of like more things you would expect from from like a Rolling Stone, like. Um, you know, I always um, when when I always heard the part about um, um, have died in battle or in vain, and the way Dylan sings it, you know, it's sort of more related to what he sings in like a Rolling Stone than what you th- expect from this song. You know. Yeah, I mean, he he his his vocal stylings, at least in 1965, can't help but convey. There's a certain 
harshness to it, no matter what. I mean, yeah. yeah and even when you said it died in battle, when he says heave their plastic, you can almost hear him yeah. spitting into the microphone. He's heave their plastic. Like he's really, <laughs> you feel like he's right on top of the microphone. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about the stuff being out of tune. Cause I read that too. Yeah. I can't, I can never hear those things. I, I don't have enough <laughs> to hear. And, and every, yeah, you're right. Every write up was like, Oh my God, these guitars are horribly out of tune with, with the keyboards. I'm like, okay, you know, you, I have no idea. I, I could never hear all of that stuff. Um, this song has only been played live 76 times and mm-hmm. was never played live for over 20 years. He debuted it in 1987, uh, which is remarkable. I always wonder, like, what inspires him after that many years to finally be like, oh, you know, what? why don't I try Queen Jane approximately? It's sort of amazing he never played it when he was touring with the band in 65, 66, because he was playing, he had pretty much ditched all the folk stuff and he was just pulling things from bringing it all back home in highway 61. So you think he would be singing every song he could, but uh, apparently not. Um, I make fun of this record a lot on the show, which is the Dylan and the Mm -hmm. dead live album, which to me is the worst album (laughs) he has produced. That said, the version of queen Jane approximately that he does with, the dead is actually quite nice and it's my by far my favorite track on that record i actually really like that version yeah it's probably i would say that it's probably one of the best you know sort of like uh well even though dylan's part of it like the burst covers in a way from other bands you know uh, i always enjoyed that that particular song the album yeah of course it's 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 not really good um but you know it's it's something it's a song i think that um it's i think that Dylan can come back, and when he comes back to it, I think that uh, it adds to 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 the way the the song is portrayed. Um, again, it's it's a song I think that it leaves a lot of room to 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 work with it because again, the the simple way it's structured, the simple way of the lyrics, um, it, it's a it's a song that that um, that I I couldn't listen to it. I never listened to it live, but I I guess that. Having the opportunity to listen to this one particular this live one live, it would be really good, you know, because it's 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 something that works. It's a song that works really good, and at least in my experience, I never seem to get tired of it, and and that's that's quite important. Yeah, that's fun. again, it's funny you say that because I make a lot of uh, Dylan playlists on my iTunes, and mm-hmm. then I plug it into my phone. And this is a song I I often is not put on there because it's just it's just so pleasant to listen to. And regarding the Dylan, yeah. regarding the the Dylan and the Dead version. I have not had a chance to listen to too many bootlegs from that tour, but I mean, mm-hmm. I like that version so much that makes me think. Well, they were there was some good stuff there. I just think probably the album was yeah. was was compiled poorly. I think they they picked a lot of bad takes, but I mean, at the very least, that version is quite nice. And again, it was it was fun to hear him do something that he didn't play very much. Uh, he played it through the eighties and nineties, in and then in the two thousands, he last played it in two thousand thirteen. Uh, which, uh, by by Dylan touring uh, estimations, counts as recent, even though that was five yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the way the way he's pulling out old material on this current leg of his tour, I hope maybe he'll consider doing it again, again, because it's a really mm-hmm. it's a really quite beautiful song. And and, and I like um, again, he was able to stick in words. I mean, this has got to be the only song in history with the word approximately in the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not it's a word not that lends to put itself. That word yeah. in a song. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. But, but you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, these are the kind of things that I think only Dylan can sort of pull through, through them. Cause, uh, you know, it's, uh, it just, 
I, maybe it's because we're used to it, but the, I always loved the title of this song. I always loved it because, I don't know, it's like a, you can't get that title out of your head. That's that's one of the main things with mm -hmm. it. Uh, and yeah, but approximately, it's 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 crazy how he made that work. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it just by itself, it tells the story kind of of someone who is maybe trying to be a queen but they're not quite pulling it off you know approximately it's they're not you know, you're almost the queen jane but not not exactly right it sort of suggests a lot before you even heard one word of the song so it really is a, yeah, it's, a great little tune it, it it seems to suggest some kind of growth and I, I guess it's what you see through the you can read it through and, and listen through the whole lyrics because we as, as you say we sort of start with the family around her or or him and we go through all these different areas. And, and I always thought that the song sort of conveyed a, a path that she was walking in sort of in a way that going back to Dylan or to that person that sort of will make things a little bit better. And and also make it not because of the because of himself pretty much, but make it better because she took that first step and she grew in a way. And, and that approximately it seems that it's a word that conveys, you know, getting close to something so it's it's sort of conveys a journey in a way to mention one more thing before we finish because i, I uh, because and uh, there's a really good movie that i that has this song on it and if and, and that it's called the dreamers by bernardo bertolucci and and they sort of had this song in a particular scene that i that maybe i could then uh, pass you the link and it's amazing the movie's about you know three young people in paris in 68 so it's you know the revolution going on everywhere and they come up through you know the, they sort of walk through paris in the rain and this song is playing and that's how actually i fell in love with this song but and you know the because i used to really like it but when i saw that song in this movie it really hit another sort of height so so yeah i recommend people to look it up they can look it up on youtube the dreamers bernardo bertolucci and with the name of the song and it's really good oh that's very cool i didn't know that i didn't know this was ever used in a movie that's uh, that's, that's totally fantastic i know that movie i had never seen it but i'm i'm familiar with it Yeah, yeah, no, it's the movie's really good. I love the movie, but but that scene is it's really it's it's really good. Paris in the rain and that song playing, it 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 really works. Very cool, awesome. Well, well, Tom, this was great. I'm I'm so happy that you reached out. I'm so glad that you're a listener. And uh, where can people find you on the internets if they want to? Well, uh, you can find me on my Twitter account, which is uh, Tomas T O M A S uh, lowercase. Um, no, so sorry, lower dash. Uh, that's a, sorry. That's my problem with English. <laughs> and then uh, a, and then another lower dash, and then Molina, my last name, M O L I N A. Outstanding. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was great. I enjoyed talking to you. And uh, like I said, I, I always I love hearing from from Dylan fans around the world. This is just is just terrific. Well, and thank you, Rob, for having me. And keep going with the show. It's an amazing show, and and I'm 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 glad that you're doing this because uh, you know there's a lot of Dylan fans around the world, and yeah, and we always like to to be part of this big community. That that we do. So uh, yeah, everybody, if you want to listen to back episodes of this show, of course, you can go to our website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes or on Stitcher. Uh, and if you uh, want to talk Dylan over on Twitter, uh, you can go to pod underscore Dylan. So thanks, everybody, for listening and until next week we will see you later bye when your mother sends back all your invitations 
your father to your sister, he explains that you're tired of yourself and all of your creations. Won't you come see me? See me. 